Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shapwurst. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And uh, for today's episode, we're going to go back a little bit and review some past NFL drafts by the Cowboys and talk about kind of our initial impressions of those classes and then, you know, having, you know, at least one year for, for last year's draft of information how we would you know rank those classes or grade those classes now uh knowing what we initially thought of this most recent class um but as always we're going to start off with trivia question and this week it is my turn to ask the question um i think this is going to be one that you either get pretty quickly or might stump you i'm I'm not not sure um, all right, so this wide receiver was drafted out of Jackson State in the second round. Drafted in the second round out of Jackson State. Yep. Um, Jimmy Smith? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Good, good. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you'd either get it right away or not at all. Uh, the one that got like away. The one that, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I, one thing I did not realize, just looking at his Wikipedia page, he was on the Eagles, too. So at least he didn't just get away from us. He also was on the Eagles off, in, in the offseason. Like ne- he never played a full season with them. Um, and then he went to Jaguars and obviously had a very successful career. Um but uh, yeah, so so I'd say let's let's go back to 2016, if if that's good with you, because I can say pretty definitively how I felt about each class since then. At at least you know both from the time what you know my initial reaction and also you know with a little bit of perspective how my reaction has changed, if at all. So, start with 2016. What was your initial impression, and how do you view that class now? Remind me who they draft. Remind me who so, they drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these classes run together. So 2016 was Zeke, Jalen Smith. I'm not sure. Let me let me look. Um, I'm not sure the third rounder, but Dak in the fourth round. That's obviously a big one. Um, I think we had. I think we had a, oh, and then we had um, the guy that I just thought about recently. Uh, hadn't thought of in years. The, this other running back we got. Oh, oh, Malik Collins. Uh, uh-huh. He was our third rounder. Charles Tapper, who we actually took over Dak, uh, yeah. and, and then Anthony Brown. That's who I was forgetting. Okay. And Rico Gat. You know, other guys that were not particularly impactful. Okay. But yeah, what, what were your original thoughts, and, and how do you view that class now? Um, to the best of my memory, I wasn't um, I wasn't thrilled with the class. Um, I remember liking the Elliott pick, um, not liking Jalen Smith. Yeah. Um, and then, like everybody else, I I overlooked Dak Prescott. Yeah. Um, so I think that I was probably um, 
you know, probably gonna, I probably would have given that class a, a B yeah. at the time, um, or B minus. I wasn't, um, no, I was not overly impressed with that uh, that draft class. But I remember, you know, liking Elliot, and yeah. I think, you know, I, there's a, you know, I remember you wanted Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, no, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember having like a strong reaction to it. Yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was an okay class, but of course, you know, as it turned out, uh, Prescott turned out to be a real surprise to everybody, mm-hmm. probably even himself. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, Lee Collins was a, a a pretty solid contributor for us mm-hmm. um, as a rotational piece. That's about all we're able to draft or sign at defensive tackle. Um, yeah. And uh, Charles Tapper t- didn't do anything for us. Yeah. Yeah, Charles Tapper, let's just touch on that first. Um, he's a great example of uh, kind of the the worst example of kind of the projecting. Like, this guy was, was misused in a bad, in a, you know, schematically in college but he's an athlete, so he should project to the NFL. Like, I remember them saying that about Charles Tapper. Yeah, but me too. But the nice thing was we took him in the fourth round. You, you can take that risk, and it's not a big, big miss. Um, yeah, I, I really, really hated Zeke over Jalen Ramsey at the time. Um, I still remember feeling, thinking, and, and maybe even saying out loud, I, I was watching with a few friends, I was like, Okay, if we win a Super Bowl on his rookie contract, it's a good decision. Anything else, it's bad. And the second contract was, I think, the worst thing about the Zeke Elliott tenure, even worse than his draft stature. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think even looking back, just his initial you know, four years, not you know, he was pretty productive and was not, not a terrible pick. It was. Oh no! It was all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I still would have Very taken at the beginning. Ramsey, of but, course. You know, but... I think I, I think I still think that you know, but he got slightly overrated during that time because of yeah. the O line. The O line was right. kick ass. Right. Yeah. Darren McFadden ran for four point seven a carry the year yeah. before him, and he averaged five point one, which is good an improvement. But he never got to that level again because the O line was never that good. Again, from that 2014 to 2016 period, the O-line was unbelievably good. Um, but yeah, I, I did not like the Zeke pick. I did. I wasn't crazy about Jalen Smith. I, I wanted Miles Jack. Yeah, um, I remember that. Who had fallen. He was a guy that was expected to go top 10. Um, He's had a better career. Y- yeah, yeah. He hasn't been, you know, lighting the world on fire, but I would say better career than Jalen Smith. Um, I do remember, I, I didn't, I remember hearing about Dak Prescott. I didn't like him as a second round pick. That That's where I was hearing him, you know, mock to. I thought he was, I thought he was kind of like a right-handed Tim Tebow. Like I thought he needed a lot of work as a, as a passer mechanically. Um, but I, I still remember thinking, like, in the fourth round, that's a really good value. And, and I felt, even though I didn't love him in a funnel and definitely didn't love him in the second, I thought the fourth round, that's a great value for a guy who was very productive in college and, and who had 
gone against top competition. There was no denying that. I just thought he was going to have to rework his mechanics a lot, and that was kind of you know overblown. Um, so and then Jay or uh, Anthony Brown, I knew that was a great value pick. I knew that at the time. My, my buddy Tim loved Anthony Brown, and I mean, I think on the back of Dak Prescott, you got to say that's that's an A minus A draft. You know, even even with, if we missed on every other pick, yeah. finding a, a yeah. franchise quarterback, whether you agree he's a lead or not, I, I don't. But still, finding a very good quarterback round, yeah. in the fourth round is, is yeah. makes and it a very good team. running back. Yeah, right. right. Or at least it was very good for a while. Yeah, yeah, and, and at least contributing cornerback, defensive tackle, yeah. and, and Jalen yeah. Smith. He had you know. Two, yeah, one good year. Yeah, one really one good, good year, year, a couple okay years. Uh, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. That, is he that still was, with the Giants? Yeah, yeah, he still is playing. Um, yeah. And there's probably still some people out there that think he's good because he, he gets tackles. But, yeah, no, he, he had ten, a couple. Ten, ten yard, he got tackles ten yards down the field. That was the, that was the right. Brady James thing. If you remember Brady James, he was yeah. wound up with a lot of tackles too. But there was yeah. like 10, 15 yards down the field. Yep. Yep. Um, so then 2017, <clears throat> that was the Taco Charlton draft. So we got Taco Charlton first round, Chidobe Awuzie second round, Jordan Lewis third round, Ryan Switzer in the fourth round. Then we got Xavier Woods in the sixth round, Marquez White, Joey Ivey, Noah Brown, and Jordan Carroll. What were your initial versus... Uh, now thoughts on that class? Um, again, to the best of my recollection, I thought it was a, a pretty decent class. I probably would have given it a B. I did not like Taco. Yeah. Uh, I liked the cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Xavier Woods. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, the Taco pick, I thought would I you know I never I never really liked that. I always thought that uh, he was a really stiff football player. So I that was not something that. Uh, I was keen on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I gave it a B or B plus at the time. Um, I was definitely – I wasn't thrilled about Taco Charlton. I, I would have preferred T.J. Watt, but I was definitely higher on him than a lot of people. I, I thought he would develop into like a, a Greg Ellis type of player. Um, I think part of – I think there are two things that I overlooked with Taco because because that's really the the big the big miss. I think everything else about that draft was you know pretty much the way I thought it initially well, was pretty. The accurate. problem with the Wozier was that he was a he was a good player, but he was misused yeah. here. Yeah, he's been much better in Cincinnati than he yeah. was in yeah. Um, but but no, I mean Awuzie's been a, a solid player. Jordan Lewis has been solid. Xavier Woods. I, I liked Ryan Switzer and and another guy say. that I think could have been better than he was with us. But yeah, I mean Taco was the one that I really missed on. And and I think the the two things were I I put too much too much blind stock into his pro football focus grades. Without and I did watch his tape and I didn't love his tape, but I I was you know I really liked his grading and I overlooked the the style of play, the fact that he was kind of winning just by being longer than people, 
yeah. uh, not necessarily great technique. Um, and then the fact that he wasn't particularly athletic. He, he tested right. pretty mediocrely, and I overlooked that as well. The other thing I think with him was just his – it didn't seem like he cared that much. Like he wasn't right. – I think if he was mentally, you know, completely dedicated and, and – you know, all about football and that that was his passion. I think he could have been at least a semi-competent player, but it didn't seem that way. And that's that's the part you can never really, you know, say for sure about a player. But, yeah, I mean, now I I would say that's probably like a – I mean, because we got three – and even Noah Brown, you know, as much as I kind of rag on him, the fact that he – was productive last year was, was a role yeah, player for, for a seventh round pick last year i mean yeah. right now we need a fourth receiver like him yeah if we're seventh round pick i mean that's that's very yeah. good um so i'd probably give that one like a c plus and if if taco if you switch taco and tj watt that's like an <laughs> a plus draft um but yeah, that, that was the the problem um then we got 2018 draft, which I remember very vividly. Um, that was Leighton Van Der Esch. Uh, number two was Connor Williams. Number three, Michael Gallup. Uh, number four was, that's right, Dorrance Armstrong. So we had two fourth round picks. Dorrance Armstrong, then Dalton Schultz, then Mike White, Chris Covington, Cedric Wilson and Bo Scarborough. What did you think of this draft? And, and I'm curious what you think now of this path, of this draft. I wasn't too crazy about this draft. I liked Leighton Vanderesh yeah. coming out, but I didn't think he warranted a first round pick. Um, and uh, Gallup, I did not like. Um, I don't think most of the other. I liked the Cedric Wilson late. Yeah. Um, but most of the other picks I was not crazy about. So I was pretty lukewarm on this draft. And I think, I think Leighton Van Der Esch is, you know, pretty much done what I thought he was going to do, which is, yeah. you know, be injured a lot and, you know, be a pretty good player, but, you know, not worth the first-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember they passed them over. They passed over Calvin Ridley for Van Der Esch, I think. Yep. Yeah, we could have had Ridley or DJ Moore. Um, yeah. Those are kind of the top guys. Yeah, I, I thought this was a an A plus draft at at the time. I I, I was really high on Leighton Van Der Esch. I I think I viewed Leighton Van Der Esch as the guy he was his rookie year, and, and like. That confirmed what I viewed him as, and, and I was like, yeah, this guy's the next Brian Urlacher or whoever. Um, I thought he was just a great, uh, like a blue-chip player, great athlete, great in coverage, which I thought was, you know, that's the most important piece in a linebacker in today's NFL. Um, so I, I, I remember... He was number two on my board at 19. The, the only guy that ahead of him was Harold Landry, defensive end from B, BC. But um, I, I thought that was a good pick. Um, and then Connor Williams, I thought at 50, that was he was the, the number one player on my board. Michael Gallup, you, you probably remember, I was a huge, huge Michael Gallup fan. I, I thought he was 
uh, a first, you know, a late first type of player. So the fact that we got him in the third, that, that was probably one of the most excited, probably the most excited I've ever been for a pick. Maybe CeeDee Lamb was definitely up there, but Michael Gallup, that might be number one for me. So I obviously like that one a lot. I, I don't, the rest of them, I, I don't remember having a super strong opinion on, you know, positive or negative, except for Cedric Wilson. I really liked Cedric Wilson. To me, he was like maybe a third round pick value, and, and we got him in the sixth round. So, yeah, on the back of really those four picks, the first three and Cedric Wilson, I viewed that as an A-plus draft. Now, looking back, it, it's funny because the guys that I really... I mean, Gallup, I, I don't know what to say. I, I guess Gallup has probably turned out about the way I expected, to be honest, but this, before the injury and, and the season last year. Um, a, you know, very solid player. Um, I think there there was a point where I, I definitely thought maybe after his second year, he, he came off a great year in 2019. I, I thought, you know, he, he had an even higher ceiling, but I think before, but, but that was because of his on-field play. I think going into the draft, I expected him to turn out about how he has, um, Connor Williams. I, I still think Connor Williams is tremendously, uh, unfairly hated on by Cowboys fans. I, I think his his last two seasons were very solid, better than Connor McGovern was last year. He played well in Miami as a center. Um I, I think I think that was a solid pick. Like like really looking through this draft, it's not like it's not a ton of home runs, like players you're ecstatic about, but it's chock full of like solid useful players of like six solid players that we got and and even mike white who has become a, a you know competent backup for the jets like that for a fifth round pick that's that's about as good as you can get i mean van Der Esch, for a first round pick you probably you don't feel great about his performance in the league but I wouldn't call it a bust. Like he did have a very good rookie year, and he was pretty good last year. Um, I think Connor Williams has been about about lived up to a second round player. Gallup, I think, has exceeded third round expectations. Dorrance Armstrong, Dalton Schultz, both definitely exceeded oh, fourth Schultz round. Dalton Schultz was a great pick. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think much of it at the time. I, yeah, I, I remember I wasn't thrilled about him because he didn't have very good production in college. But I remember hearing, you know, he wasn't used properly. And so I was not holding up out a lot of hope. But, um, but yeah, and Cedric Wilson, obviously, it took him a little longer, but he became a solid player eventually. So I don't know if I'd give this one an A plus the way I thought it, but I, I would say somewhere between B plus and maybe A minus though, just because so many solid players. I, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd give it B plus A minus in, uh, in retrospect. Um, then the I next... never thought that, I never thought that, uh, 
Connor Williams was the guard that they needed. Um, and it turned out that they agreed with me because they let him go. Yeah. And he turns out he's probably better at center than he was at guard. Yeah. But he wasn't a True. bad player. Right, right. He was, again, I, I'd say he turned out about as you would expect a second round. Like he's, he's a little like Chidobe Awuzie as a, as an offensive lineman, They're like the equivalent of that, where like, you know, is he a superstar? No, but like you want guys like that filling out your roster. You're, you're not going to win with just guys like that, but you feel good about a team, you know, where players like... 15 through 30 are at that level of skill. Um, that's how I would I would describe uh, I mean, Williams. if we had that draft to do over, mm-hmm. we would not take Van Der Esch or well, Connor Williams in those rounds. I would have taken Gallup and Dalton Schultz, though. Well, I mean... And Lawrence Armstrong. If we could have taken... Calvin, if we could have doubled up on receiver, like on Calvin Ridley... And Michael Gallup, we probably don't need to trade for Amari Cooper. Like right. Calvin Ridley had a, yeah. I mean, and I mean, I don't know. He, I don't know if we'll find out this year in Jacksonville if he is that like true alpha number one receiver. He's never really had to be that in Atlanta with Julio Jones, but um, yeah, who knows? Uh, the the 2019 draft. Uh, this was Tristan Hill. We, we traded our first for Amari Cooper because we had no receivers. Um, then So we went Tristan Hill in the second round, Connor McGovern third round, Tony Pollard fourth round, Michael Jackson in the fifth round. Joe Jackson, too. And then Joe Jackson in the, in, also in the fifth round, Donovan Wilson in the sixth round, and then Mike Weber, Jalen Jacks. Seventh round. What were your uh, initial thoughts of this one? This one, I was definitely not moved by. Um, You know, I didn't even know much about Tristan Hill when they drafted him. You know, I didn't like that pick. Um, I think I was pretty down on this draft. Yeah. I don't remember being impressed by this draft. Uh, Connor McGovern, I thought that was, I thought he was a pretty good pick, mm-hmm. you know, in the third round. Um, and I really can't remember what I thought of Donovan Wilson, but Donovan Wilson turned out to be the best pick of all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, I mean, I, I hated, hated, hated Tristan Hill. Um, I remember. Uh, terrible pick. I remember hearing, like, as we were getting closer to the draft, people were whispering, like, don't be surprised if Tristan... And I think the fact that we took him, that will always, like, scar me to where you could throw out, like, any player, you know, a fourth-round player that's, like, kind of rising. And, like, Tristan Hill didn't even make sense as a riser. Like, with Luke Shoemaker, for example... At least I can see that he was rising up the boards. You know, it makes it a little more palatable. With with Tristan Hill, I mean, the thing was he tested fairly well. He was like a good athlete, but he sucked as a player. Like, his performance was terrible, and he went to Central Florida. Like, it's one thing if you're playing the SEC and you suck, but you play for Central Florida. You should be 
dominating. And, right. and on top of that, you had, you know, unlike with Taco, where there wasn't really any kind of, uh, you know, rumblings about off the field stuff, there was, there were off field concerns with Tristan Hill. He was benched as a senior, I think, for his last year in college. And then on top of that, you had three really, really solid safety slash, you know, corner prospects. Uh, in Juan Thornhill, Taylor Rapp, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. All of those guys, I thought, checked all the boxes performance-wise, athletically. It was a need. They were all, like, good values in the second round to me. And Tristan Hill was a fourth-round value to me. Yeah. So that that was a, a horrendous pick at the time. I... I you know, you could ask Tim, who was at a uh, bar with me, and and can confirm that I almost flipped the table over when we made that pick. <laughs> um, so that that, but honestly, every other pick after that, I didn't really have a problem with. I I thought Connor McGovern was a pretty decent value. Tony Pollard, like initially, I was kind of I was like he's more of a receiver. I, I didn't really. Love it, but I also was intrigued, and and it was the fourth round, so I was like, sure, take a shot. I, I thought Michael Jackson and Joe Jackson were were good values, like both productive players. Um, I don't think I was that through, like unlike Xavier Rhodes or not Xavier Rhodes, Xavier Woods or Anthony Brown, where where those were guys that I was really targeting. I was like, these guys would be great values. I don't think that was the case for Donovan Wilson. I, I didn't have super strong feelings with him. But, yeah, I, I just on the back of Tristan Hill, I, I would have probably given this like a C or C- minus initially. And looking back, I probably still – I mean, because Tony Pollard – because of Tony Pollard, I might bump it to like a C-plus now because – He's been very good, and Donovan Wilson, useful starting player, and and Michael Jackson has actually become a starter in Seattle. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he was starting opposite Tariq Woolen. He probably won't be starting now because they drafted a corner, but but still, like useful player starter. Uh, Connor McGovern again, you know useful player about what you want in a third rounder where like he's funniest, started funniest contract in free agency this year Connor McGovern yeah why do you say that they overpaid him something awful yeah I agree seven million a year and then they draft Osiris Torrance right who honestly might be better immediately than, right. than Connor McGovern. Um, I'm curious how that'll... Was it was free agency lame this year? just didn't seem like there was much to it this year. Yeah, there weren't a lot of... There weren't a lot of big-name players. I, I think the... And, and part of it, too, I think, is that it's... The big-name players, or big-name in quotes, were at less premium positions i feel like the the quarterbacks the you know defensive ends the cornerback even cornerback i i thought uh jamel dean was gonna get a really huge market saying deal he he only got paid like 13 million a year something like that 
um, which I thought was a great value for Tampa. But yeah, outside of him, there were there were terror. The receiver class was awful. Um, there just what yeah, there wasn't a lot of you know premium positions. The talent was not at the pre- premium positions. There was that like linebacker and defensive tackle and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I agree with you that it's it was a uh, kind of a weak free agent, which which makes it all the more impressive that we managed to come out with Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore, who, who do play premium positions. Um, you know, even though don't love our draft, the, the fact that we got those two guys is is really really great. Yeah, well, you know, that was, you know, using trades to make up for yeah. what wasn't there in, in free agency. And, you know, God knows they they didn't pay much for either of those players. They definitely came out on the winning side of that. Yeah. Um, it goes back to my thing about teams overvaluing uh, draft picks because uh, most draft picks don't pan out. Um, yeah. If they contribute, it's, it's very little. Yeah. Um, I remember my draft magazines used to, and they still do, they'll look back like, five years or ten years at the draft class and um, I'm always surprised at how poorly teams drafted you know yeah. they would have like one or two good picks out of you know seven rounds yeah yeah and that's why I mean, that, I mean, was, that was that was about it you know yeah and, and that's why I mean going through these cowboy drafts even even that 2019 class like they came out that's that's you know spoiler alert that's the worst class we've had in recent memory, I'd say the worst class since 2009, the one that I win, where we got like Robert Brewster with our first pick. But even that one, we we came away with some, you know, three solid starters, you know, in Connor McGovern, Tony Pollard, and, and Donovan Wilson. So the Cowboys have definitely been do, and if that's your worst draft, like that's that's pretty good. Uh, but even the Cowboys, you you can't expect them to nail nail every pick, and especially the later round picks, which is what we traded. So I, I don't I don't want us trading first round picks, and, unless we're like desperately trying to go from Dak to an elite quarterback, and, and a first round pick is what it takes. You know, outside of something like that, I, I'm not I'm not a fan of of trading premium draft picks but if a fifth rounder for a guy that can that can start and especially who can be a plus player and somewhat reasonably priced like all day all day with that um so then 2020 and i think this was the first year if i'm not mistaken actually i I think this was the first year we were doing the podcast together when we followed a draft. It, I could be wrong, but um, regardless, this was CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, uh, Neville Gallimore, Reggie Robinson, Tyler Biotish, Bradley and I, and then Ben DiNucci draft. Uh, what, what were your initial and updated thoughts on this class well i was thrilled to get cd lamb yeah you know um i was who was the second round pick trayvon Trayvon Diggs. yeah okay i like that um unfortunately i was a big advocate for neville gallimore and he has not panned out Mm -hmm. um 
but uh, I remember being, you know, pretty happy with that draft overall. Yeah. Yeah, same. I, I probably would have given this one an A or A-plus as well. I, I thought – I remember us doing, like, a mock draft leading up to this draft, and the mock draft was, like, nowhere near as good as the end result. Like, it was – and if you had – because uh, like Trayvon Diggs was a a common pick in the first round, like T.D. Lamb was was a guy that everyone had going top, top ten at least. Yeah, yeah, I mean some people top five, but like for sure every mock had him in the top ten. So for him to to fall and and Jerry Judy also was another guy that was expected to go top ten and and fell a little bit. Well, um, the two guys, two guys taken ahead of C.D. Lamb. I mean, Henry Ruggs. Last time I checked, he was out of the league. Yeah. And Jerry Judy's been good, but he hasn't been C.D. Lamb. No, not, not as good. Um, yeah, it was, and and C.D. Lamb was one of those guys that like I didn't really look into much at all because I thought there was absolutely no chance. Him, yeah. yeah, yeah, no chance he'd fall. The the guys that I remember looking into a lot were all the cornerbacks. Uh, C.J. Henderson was a guy that I was afraid we were going to get. Like, again, that kind of uh, PTSD of Tristan Hill was, oh, we're going to get this traits guy. And, and shocker, C.J. Henderson hasn't amounted to shit. He's an athlete who didn't play well in college. Um, that was my worst nightmare. Caleb on Chason was another guy that I also hated. Um so, yeah, the fact that we got C.D. Lamb at 17 was an amazing pick. I was ecstatic about that. And then the fact that uh, – so my number one guy, even at 17, like the way I expected the board to fall, I expected my number one guy to be Christian Fulton. I was a big, big Christian Fulton fan that year. Obviously, I had C.D. Lamb ahead of him, not expecting he would fall, but – uh, he was still there at 51, and we took Trayvon Diggs over him. But I, I had Trayvon Diggs highly rated as well, so I wasn't upset about that. I, and I thought, you know, stylistically, we're probably thinking Diggs fits better with what we're doing. So I, I was happy with that, and, and it was still a, a great value in the second round. And then with Neville Gallimore, it was kind of similar, where I had jo this guy Jordan Elliott, ahead of him but again i was like okay neville galmore is good too I'm, I'm okay with that um and jordan elliott hasn't really amounted to anything either christian fulton has been a solid player better than cj henderson but trayvon diggs that you know that looks to be outside of aj terrell i would say trayvon diggs has been the best corner in that in that class um and then Tyler Biotish, I, I really, really liked. I, like, I liked him. I really liked the value of him. I, I would have taken him in the, I would have been happy with him in the third. At second round would have been, you know, okay value. But in the fourth, I thought that was fantastic value. Um, it's funny, I think I was higher on him than most when we drafted him. But now I feel like I'm lower on him than most, most Cowboys fans. But, but in any case, like, for a fourth-rounder, he's been a, a competent starter. Like, you you got to be happy with that result. Is he worth a second contract is another story. But 
for a fourth round pick, that that's a, a very good pick. Um, I remember I liked Bradley and I as a fifth round dart. Throw. I did too. He, he hasn't really done much, and and Ben DiNucci, uh, you know, he. He's played well in the XFL. I don't know if he weasels his way back into the NFL someday. I, I do think, you know, honestly, because he was horrible in the one game he played for us, but I do think he is the kind of guy that just, like, having a lot of reps, because he played at James Madison. Like, he's just never had real game experience against, like, professionals. He's playing against, you know... Guys I think that are James plumbers. Madison's where Charles Haley went. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But, um, but yeah, I, I think Ben Nucci, if he you know gets some real playing time in XFL or USFL or whatever, I could see him making it back to the NFL. Uh, in which case, that looks like a great pick. The fact that we got him in the seventh, but. But yeah, I mean, this is one where I think even with, and I hated Reggie Robinson at the time, and obviously it was a bad pick, but, you know, I still think even with misses like that, even with Gallimore not amounting to as much as as we would have liked, I still think this is an A draft just on the back of CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, and Tyler Biotish, uh, I'd say A, A A-minus draft. Ultimately. Yeah, it was a good draft. Yeah. Um, and especially the fact that we got, I mean, two star players without having to, like, you know, trade up to the top five. Like, that's... Right. You expect... Well, things fell to us that year. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a great one. So then next year, 2021, this is... So initially we had... The 10th pick, and we traded down to 12, uh-huh. and we picked up Micah Parsons, and we got Kelvin Joseph at 44, Oso Digizua at 75, Chauncey Golston at 84, Nashawn Wright at 99, with the pick that we gained from trading down in the first, uh, Jabril Cox at in the fourth, Josh Ball also in the fourth, Simi Fahoko in the fifth, Quinton Bohana in the sixth, Israel Mukuamu also in the sixth, and Matt Farniak in the seventh. A lot of picks this year. Um, what it, what were your initial feelings about this draft? Well, that was the year I wasn't even referring to the players by their names. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, you know, second-round cornerback, third-round cornerback. And um, I, liked, I, I liked Mike Parsons. Um, I wasn't too thrilled with things after that. Um, and, you know, we'll see what becomes of Farniak. I mean, he really still hasn't had a chance to prove anything. He hasn't, yeah. you know, hasn't looked great in the limited action we've seen. Um, Quentin Bohanna was a guy I thought would be uh, pretty good. He, he's turned out to be nothing. Yeah. Um, but the safety was a guy I liked, and he yeah. has turned out pretty well. Absolutely. Played some nickel for us last year. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I thought this is, a, you know, kind of like the Micah Parsons uh, draft. You know, it was yeah. kind of Micah Parsons really and then is. everybody else. But, yeah. um, you know, one or two of those other guys that have has shown up, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and with Micah Parsons, I, I th- this was the draft that I my pet cat and the guy that I wanted was Patrick Sertan Jr. Yes, and yes. I really thought we would he would last to us at, at ten. And and you know, as good as Micah Parsons is, Patrick Sertan Jr. is arguably you know the best corner in the league. So like that that would have worked out well, but. I mean, the, my initial thought about Mike Parsons was like, this is the one. As much as I like Mike or uh, Patrick Sertan Jr., I didn't think he was a true blue chip player because he wasn't. He had amazing technique, great film, but he wasn't like this twitched up crazy athlete. And Mike Parsons, I viewed him just as an off ball linebacker because that's all he played in college. But I did recognize he was the one blue chip player in this class he was ridiculous athlete he hadn't really been asked to cover much that that was my biggest knock on him was he's kind of a projection in coverage and that's the important part of playing linebacker off ball but i i knew he would be an amazing run and pursue guy like a i thought there was a potential for him to be a ray lewis type of player you know, like pretty much everyone, I don't think anyone could have predicted he would play, you know, ultimately become a defensive end, um, which I forgot to, to mention this earlier, but uh, the one kind of piece of news, and I think this kind of fits in well, the one kind of piece of news from this week was that Micah Parsons is trying to bulk up and is going to be playing defensive end next year, which is not news to me because he he played 81% of his snaps last right. year on the D-line. Like, right. his rookie year, he was playing over 50% off-ball linebacker. Like, if that was his snap count last year, then it's it's news. It's, it's noteworthy. But the way he played last year, he basically was a defensive end. Like, right. and I don't think he's going to be uh, – you know, I think he's still going to drop into coverage more than like Miles Garrett, who I think did it like four times all of last year. But they're just—I think it's—it's it's probably coming from his his uh, team as like, hey, let's announce that you're a defensive end, so that when contract time comes, you're getting paid like that and not like an off-ball linebacker. Um, but yeah, just but anyways, Micah Parsons obviously well, and what makes does he want to draft. do now? I mean, because you know I liked what they did with him last year, predominantly playing him at defensive end, mm-hmm. uh, but then once in a while shifting and moving him around, moving him to middle linebacker if we needed him there, off ball linebacker uh, to throw defenses off. I don't. I don't, from what I read about what he's doing with his weight, he's not gaining a lot of weight. He's going right. from maybe like 245 to 255. 255, yeah. And I, yeah, if that's true, I don't think that's going to prohibit him from playing middle linebacker on occasion. So yeah, I still I, I still agree. think they'll be able to move him around. I don't think it's so much weight that it's going to cause him to lose uh, any explosiveness or right. anything like that, but I, you know, I then I said, well, why is he doing it? Because he was already so good, but now they're saying that you know he he got tired toward the end of last year. So yeah, if that's the case, then you know, I guess he, he should put on some poundage. But yeah. I would, you know, I, I just, I mean, did he get tired toward the end of last year? I, I guess so. If not, he wouldn't have agreed to put on the weight. You know, I guess. yeah. I, I mean, 
I think it was, it was a little overblown that the sack totals went down toward the end of the year, but his pressure rate was always great. Um, yeah. And you noticed a difference when Anthony Brown went down and we had this array, you know, this nonstop uh, barrage of awful cornerbacks replacing him. Like that's what led to our, and it was, it was not just Mike, it was our defensive line in total. We were getting a ton of sacks early on. And then toward the end of the season, we were still getting pressure, but, <clears throat> but it wasn't, converting his sacks the same way because our coverage was worse. And, and that's why this year, I think, with Stefan Gilmore, I think we're going to see, we could see, like, a really crazy amount of, of sacks, and, and it's it, Maybe it's really exciting. Maybe even some defensive tackle position. Maybe, but I, I, I mean, I don't expect Mozzie to get sacks <laughs> at all, but I, I could see, I could see Odigizua part of this draft class, the 2021. And I think the most important thing is that our defensive ends are getting more sack, getting a higher conversion of pressure to sack. I think that is part of what allowed them to go with Mozzie Smith is that they realize that they are so loaded at defensive end and those ends can get pressure with just about anybody playing defensive tackle that they didn't, you know, have to really be concerned that Mozzie doesn't offer really anything as a pass rusher. Now that's not right. to say they shouldn't try to develop him one, him his pass rush skills, but, or that, that that they should not try to find a three technique uh, mm-hmm. still. But um, I, you know, I, that's you know I, I would assume that was part of their thinking when they they took him. They said, look, you know, we're not a team that is really relying on that inside push. We we we're getting it from the edges, and we pick you know, and they've got five guys. They picked right. up a rookie, but you were saying that you think they're going to move him into to three technique. Uh, I, but yeah, they still got five guys. One guy who didn't even, you know, Sam Williams, who looked really good when he got a chance to, but didn't get many snaps last year. Right. So there's just not enough snaps to go around for the defensive end position. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would assume that was part of their thinking in taking Mozzie Smith. If he can develop, even if he could just develop a bull rush, Right, push those centers and guards back, so and make that quarterback have up. to move left or right. Right, uh, that would add to our sack totals, and make right. those defensive ends even more dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And and the guy, the guy that I think back to, and this was Dane Brugler was the one that mentioned this in his scouting report for Mozzie Smith, Brandon Mebane. Uh, the defensive, who's a defensive tackle mainly for Seattle. He, he was the defensive tackle when the Seattle won their one Super Bowl under Dan Quinn in 2013. And he didn't get a single sack that whole season. But his, his PFF pass rushing grade was like an 84. It was like mid to high 80s, which is very, very good. And... The difference in everyone else around him, and by that I mean defensive line specifically, Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, uh, I think Chris Clemens was on that team. Like All of those guys had their best season that year, and I I don't think it's a coincidence because he never came back to that level, uh, Mebane. I think his impact, even though he didn't get a single sack, was a 
big part, maybe not the only, definitely not the only part, obviously, but a big, big part in that defense reaching its peak that it did. And and I think Mozzie Smith, if he can get anywhere near that, that's that's a huge impact for us. Um, just wrapping up this class quickly before the, the before we go into last year's. Mike Parsons, you know, we we touched on him. No one could have expected the switch to defensive uh, defensive end, but I did think he was a blue chip linebacker, and, and I, I liked the pick. I, I can't say I loved it at the time because I didn't think he would be an edge rusher, and I didn't think the value of the second round pick on off ball linebacker was good unless he was Ray Lewis. Um, right. So that was the first round pick, Kelvin Joseph. Didn't love, would have rather had a Lynn McNeil or Asante Samuel. I, I viewed it at the time as a boom-bust pick, a guy with who had some amazing highlights, amazing ceiling, but a lot of inconsistency and, and definitely off-field stuff that you could see coming. Um, Oso Digizua, I, I liked that pick. I, I didn't, I can't say I loved it, but I, I did like that pick, I, his... His PFF grades were not phenomenal, but they were decent. And then the biggest thing with him is is he played really well at the Senior Bowl. And he, I think his wrestling background is what gave me some confidence in him, even though he's kind of undersized. Um, Chauncey Golston, I did not love. I, I thought he was a bit of a reach. Nashawn Wright hated 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 that pick might be my least favorite might might be the biggest reach out of any of these drafts probably would be actually um hated that pick with a fiery passion uh jabril cox loved that pick still still don't know what's wrong with him because that and that one just seemed seemed like a great pick at the time um josh ball didn't really love Simi Fahoko, I, I liked the value of him. I liked Quentin Bahana, liked Israel Mukuamu, didn't really have a strong feeling of Matt Farniak. So I, I think at the time I would have given this like a B kind of grade. Now, I mean, it's it's t- it's kind of the opposite of the 2018 class where you didn't have you didn't have a Michael Parsons, but you had. A lot of strong starters. With, with this one, I mean, you feel, obviously, you feel great about Micah. Oso Digizua, you, you feel pretty good about him. And Chauncey, Gar- or Chauncey Golston, I feel pretty good about him now. Like, he kind of took a step up, and the fact that he can play three-tech definitely makes him more valuable. Um and then Israel Mukamu kind of came on toward the end of end of last year. So, I mean, four players. You, you probably you got to give that one another A minus. I'd say just mainly on the back of Micah, but um, you know the, these other solid starters, all, all pretty good values. I think there's the jury's still out on Farniak. Jury's still out on Simi Fahoko. Oh God! It's probably too late for Jabril Cox, uh, but but who knows? And then I think Nation Wright's going to be cut. Um, 
I think Calvin Just is going to be could be cut too. He could, but he's he's good on special teams. I yeah. think that could be what keeps him around. He could be our new. But they uh, need somebody who can play CJ. out and can back up at outside corner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wouldn't surprise me if he was he was cut. But um, then let's let's finish on last year's draft class, which I think should. Uh, should remember, but I'll, I'll run through them quick. So Tyler Smith, Sam Williams, Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson, Matt Willetsko, Deron Bland, Damon Clark, John Ridgway, Devin Harper. What were your... I, I think we, we could probably kind of gloss over the initial thoughts because we've talked about it. What, what are your thoughts now on this class after one year? This was my biggest miss. Um, yeah. In the past, I was I was pretty accurate um, uh, assessing the draft right after the draft, and then seeing how things turned out. I was pretty accurate um, in, in the big picture. This one, no. Uh, this one, Tyler Smith definitely turned out to be uh, much better than I thought he would be. Sam Williams turned out to be better than I thought he would be. Um, still small sample size, but still yeah. got to give him credit for what he did in li- limited time. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Tolbert was a guy I liked who hasn't done anything. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, the um, uh, the rest of the Jake Ferguson intrigues me. You know, I hope he can step up, you know. Yeah. Um, I like I the fact that they selected him in the fourth round, you know. Um and Deron Bland, you know, he was kind of out of nowhere, and they, they seemed to finally have hit on one of those crazy out-of-nowhere picks. Um, but, you know, he had a really good rookie season. And um, if he can turn into, you know, somebody who can play as well on the outside as he does on the inside, then we've really hit a home run with him. Yeah. Um, Even if so he's just a slot, I, I think that's still a, a good yeah. slot in the fifth round. That, like. Yeah. You feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm... Well, it definitely turned ahead. out to be much better than I thought it was going to be, that that whole class. Yeah. Yeah, I... I kind of the same thing. I, I think I... I listened to our show immediately after the draft last year, and, and I gave it a B. I think largely because I liked most of the later round guys. I, I, I thought Tyler Smith was was just a boom or bust guy. I, I thought Tyler Lynn, like I, I never I never thought he didn't have the talent or the potential to be a great player. I just thought there's also a, a high probability he could be a total dud. Um, and I wasn't sure how much you know switching from tackle to guard that because again, similar to Mike Parsons, that was a hundred percent the plan initially was this guy's going to be a guard year one that that fills right. a need um, right so i was looking... I, I, at least that's the only good thing i did with that draft really was i did predict i said you know they're going to take somebody who's a, they're going to play at left tackle in the future and they'll, they'll kick him inside the guard for a year right. but they weren't able to do that because tyron smith got injured okay. as always yep so yeah I, I viewed him as a boomer bust guy um I, and i think similar to taco part of it is the fact that he, I think there are a couple things I missed with Tyler Smith. One, uh, you know, he 
the, the fact that he, even though he played at a, a smallish school, he still played against some really high-level competition. He played Ohio State his, his last year, um, and he got better from a PFF grading standpoint. He got better each year, and, and he still graded out really well against those top teams, even though the knock on him was, you know, his hands, his technique is, is kind of a mess. He still yeah, he was raw. It, yeah. he, he was raw, but he was raw his rookie year, and he made it work. I think because he's so good at those at just the natural athleticism um, part, and, and I think that combined with the fact that he was going yeah, into so a good team, tutors. good tutors. Um, I think that's what allowed him to hit his ceiling. Sam Williams they fired their old line coach, though. Yeah. Maybe they signed Jason Peters to be the new O-line coach in a year. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that, that I think that pick in particular is where I, um, I you know, I, I, I think looking back now, I can see some things that I missed there the most. Sam Williams, I, I think I was pretty on – I was pretty accurate in my assessment of him. I, I knew he was a – he was going to be a productive pass rusher. I, I felt very confident of that. I didn't think he was capable of being much of a run defender. And I think coming off the year where we drafted Kelvin Joseph, there was some off-field stuff with him, and, and that is where I was nervous about him. I, and I wanted Nick Benito over him because I thought Benito was a little bit of a cleaner off-field guy. But Sam Williams is definitely after one year been the better player and i i think i as a player on field i pretty well had him sized up um if anything he was a better run defender i think than i expected him to be uh jalen tolbert again total miss on that but i i still think he could develop i i think probably i, I compared I, yeah, I think it's it's probably the speed of the game, picking up the offense. Like, I compared him in my mind to Michael Gallup, but I think Michael Gallup played at a higher level of competition than Jalen Tolbert. South Alabama versus Colorado. Like, Michael Gallup went against Alabama in college. I, I don't think Jalen Tolbert played anyone nearly at that level. So, I think the jury's still out on him, but after one year, not nearly as as good as I would have expected going in. Oh, no. Um, the, the rest of them, you know, Jake Ferguson, Waletsko, I thought both of those were decent. I like Waletsko. Picks, yeah. I thought Ferguson was okay value. Waletsko was a Waletsko good one. I'm be the swing tackle this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I still, you know, jury's still out on him. Um, Ferguson, I, I thought, definitely did better than I expected year one. I, I was, I thought he was an okay pick, but I wasn't, a huge fan. Um, Deron Bland, I, I got to say, like looking back at my analysis, I wasn't a fan of that pick initially. He was a guy that we had worked out, so I had him on my board, but he was viewed as more of a like an undrafted free agent kind of guy. Um, so, so that one kind of came out of nowhere. Damon Clark, I, I loved that oh, yeah. pick. I I was yeah. I, I loved that pick, thinking he would redshirt his rookie year. Like I, I think right. people kind of forget how low the expectations were of right. him, 
the fact that he played at all and was like pretty competent is kind of amazing. John Ridgway, I liked that. I thought that was a great like value. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't too. Uh, they never should have exposed him. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think, you know, that that's not the worst player we've let go. I mean, who knows that he's a rookie, so we'll see how he turns out. But but I mean, yes, I would have rather keep kept here. Say that again. He helped the commanders in his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, he got playing time, so that's yeah, yeah. A, per, a useful rookie for especially in the fifth round like that's yeah. someone you oh, want to keep been, sure. I think he would have been a really good backup uh, one technique for us yeah and then Devin Harper I didn't have much of an opinion about so yeah really you know the players that I I really underestimated I, honestly the guy that I think I underestimated the most was Deron Bland uh, Tyler Smith I at least having really looked into him extensively, I did see the potential in him. And, and kind of like, the, I feel like Tyler Smith is like the flip side to Tyler Biotish in that initially I was lower on Tyler Smith. Well, I, I feel like most Cowboys fans were low on Tyler Smith, but I, I was definitely low, maybe not lower than most, but low on Tyler Smith now. But now after his rookie year, I'm like, sky high on Tyler Smith like don't you dare move this guy to left guard because he could be you know the next Trent Williams or or someone like that because his ceiling I know is so high and the fact that he was so good still very young still very raw and the fact that from studying left tackles who have been really good and and fit that profile a lot of them take a huge step from year one to year two. Like, you know, I, now I'm, I'm super high on that, on him. And, and I, you know, you got to call this, I, I had this as a B draft. I would say this is probably an A, even, even with Jalen, even if Jalen Tolbert doesn't turn out to be anything, um, just projecting Tyler Smith forward. I think Sam Williams gets more playing time. You got to expect more from him. Jake Ferguson um, and Deron, Deron Bland. I, I don't know if he's going to like ascend, but if he can just be the guy he was last year, that's a win. Demon right. Clark. I mean, you. you uh, he looks like he, they're going to. He looks like they're going to start him at outside linebacker. Yeah. And it looks like they're going to start Ferguson at tight end. Yeah. So, so I would say like it, there's a little bit of projection involved, but I would say this looks like after year one an A draft to me. Uh, and, you know, who knows, Tyler Smith could regress. You know, a lot could happen that changes that. But as of right now, relative to the expectations coming in, I think this is a an A, a draft. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, That's, like uh, I said, it's, it was the one that uh, is, is definitely my Achilles heel. Uh, I'm yeah. glad, glad about yeah, that. I didn't right. want to see them waste the left tackle. Right. Uh, you know, first round pick on a left tackle that that couldn't play in the league. Uh, so I was really very happy to um, you know to see that I was wrong about that. And um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see about uh, this year's tight end, uh, this year's uh, class because uh, this team yeah. has more holes than people think that it does. Yeah. And um, you know, they're gonna they 
they're going to need to pick up some players between now and the, the start of the season. At least they mentioned that they're thinking about getting a fourth wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have a lot of time to talk through yeah. this roster. Uh, I think next week, or end of this week, we'll have the schedule. So we'll, we'll start breaking down some of the games and matchups uh, starting next week. But I think this was a good good uh, trail down memory lane of, of past draft classes. And, and yeah, I, I think... Outside of that last year's class, we we've been pretty pretty solid in our initial reaction relative yeah. to uh, revisionist reactions. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully, we're we're lower again on this class relative to how they perform. But we will we'll see. But I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will see you next week for another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. Until then.